Well, on Monday night, Vancouver Park Board Commissioners unanimously approved ABC Commissioner Marie-Claire Howard's motion of directing Park Board staff to think big and outside the box in generating new commercial revenue to help support the growing cost of operating parks and recreation programs and replacing and expanding existing facilities that are aging and no longer meet the demand. Now, the discussion about generating revenue has some suggesting new restaurants on Park Board property, potentially, or perhaps even during bringing back the uh, Ferris wheel and zipline attractions at Queen Elizabeth Park. Joining me to talk about the potential new venues and the desire to generate new revenue is Marie-Claire Howard. She is an ABC Park Board Commissioner. Marie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, uh, what uh, pushed you to introduce this particular motion? Well, uh, as we were uh, looking at the budget for 2023, uh, it was it was fairly easy to realize that uh, we had expenses that uh, uh, ex- looming expenses that are well above uh, our re- capacity to revenue to generate revenues right now, mm-hmm. and uh, so we and we also thought that uh, Park Board was leaving money on the table, if you, if you want, uh, by not um, exploring um, more commercial partnerships uh, on its, on its uh, parks and in, on the beaches. Mm-hmm. What were those, I'm just curious, those, those big uh, uh, costs that you see coming down that, that you're concerned about? Well, the biggest one is climate change. Uh, we, we can't wait. Uh, we need to act, and that's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, money that we need to find. In the Think Big motion, we, we're looking not just at commercial partnership, but co- partnership with other levels of government. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking particularly about the federal government in terms of helping out with uh, our need to adapt our parks and our beach, uh, our seawalls, basically, to to the uh, to the the new weather that we, we are getting. What's the cost? Just to, I want, I mean, I've heard a few numbers to run. Right now, what's a rough estimate to, to, to well, fix they, the seawall to make it at least more resilient when it comes to, to, to climate change? Well, there's no number yet, and that's why you're hearing lots of numbers, because there's no numbers. Okay. Uh, there's some preliminary numbers being thrown around that replacing the seawall as is would cost upwards of, of $250,000, and that's just the seawall around Stanley Park. Uh, we we have not taken into account the fact that we need to fix the seawall on the west side of Vancouver as well, which is mm-hmm. dis- it's disappearing. The beach are disappearing. The stairwells, uh, staircase are disappearing. Kitsilano Beach is at, is at risk. So, uh, so there is no number. We just know it's going to be a very high number. Uh, we're still like the preliminary stage of assessing what needs to be done, uh, and then what order. So in regards to generating that revenue and you have expenses and uh, as you were saying, uh, so, you know, restaurants, uh, I think of the restaurants at Prospect Point, think of other uh, park board property or taxpayer property, however you wish to refer to it. Uh, Are you open to perhaps allowing restaurants to open uh, pop-up restaurants or perhaps uh, actual physical structures that may need to be built uh, and where you would perhaps collect lease space or rent uh, from those facilities, is that something that you would be open to? That, that's what we have asked to staff to look into. Uh, looking at restaurants, uh, I'm thinking pop-up uh, beach cafes that would open, that would not be permanent structure that would open from May to to September when the weather is nice. 
uh, it's just at the idea stage. We ask staff to look into what was feasible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I just want to stress, we're not, ex- we're not expecting to build enough cafes and restaurants to generate enough revenue to fix the to fix the, the seawall yeah. around the <laughs> Well, it's a quarter of a billion dollars, and like I said, those are not your numbers, other people's numbers. There's only really two levels of government. That's yeah. provincial or federal government. And to be honest, with that kind of number, you got to have a significant amount of uh, buy-in from the federal government. So that's exactly. I, I don't expect the park board or the city hall to be handling yeah. that to a quarter of a billion dollar expense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, one of the other things that has uh, proven popular in the past, uh, Ferris wheel uh, mm-hmm. and zip line attractions at Queen Elizabeth Park. Could you see that becoming more permanent during the spring and summer months? Because it seemed to attract uh, uh, people and and it did raise some decent amount of money for the city, for the park board, sorry. So, yeah, no, that's that's exactly what we're looking at, is looking at what has been popular in the past and ask staff to look at it and see how they can either bring it back or bring back something similar or different or new. Or just think outside the box. We, we had previous, a previous government that was uh, determined not to uh, work with uh, the private sector in uh, in making our parks lively. We want to change that person, that. that perspective. Uh, so this is what we did. We asked the, the staff at Parvo to identify what are the opportunities that would make the city more fun for everyone, be accessible to everybody, and uh, and generate revenue. I'm just looking at the, the numbers here for the, um, I believe it was a zip line in regards to the it was in summer of 2015, the temporary zipline attraction at the Quarry Garden at Queen Elizabeth Park, over 87 days of actual operation, that's weather permitting, of course, the zipline saw t- over 23,000 riders, with 75% came to Queen Elizabeth Park just with a zipline, and the yeah. private operator generated $335,000 in revenue with $45,000 going to the park board based on a formula, uh, and I think it was uh, 10% for the first seven, uh, uh, $250,000 dollars in revenue anything above that you get a little bit more 35 40 percent depending on how much revenue is coming in do you worry that some critics will accuse you and others who are looking at these options saying wait a minute you're commercializing uh parks parks should be a place for serenity parks should be a place uh, that shouldn't be turned into and these are wine words not anybody else's disneyland uh that we shouldn't be these are public grounds uh, paid for by taxpayers, sustained by taxpayers, that we shouldn't commercialize some of our parks the way some are saying. What would you say to those critics? Well, just because they belong to, to taxpayers, as you, as you point out, does not mean they need to be neglected. And in order to be properly maintained, we need more revenues. So there's a, a fine balance that we need to find. Uh, I'm not. We're not pushing the... Uh, ultra commercialization of, of the parks we're looking at finding a balance some a lot of people and this is what we found when we were uh meeting voters you know door knocking a lot of people are wondering why we don't have beach cafes in vancouver they are all over europe they are all over in in australia and why in vancouver it's not possible to go down in the summertime and sit at a little temporary cafe and have a glass of wine while you're watching the sunset yeah so we're not talking about ultra-commercialization. We're talking about making additional use of our park for population that currently can't or 
don't use the box. It, it, it uh, seems like not to take anything away from anyone, mm-hmm. just adding. It seems like there. Part of this is the past administration as well, and I'm 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 pulling this out of the year, but the Stanley Park train is a classic example yeah. of that. Popular with the public. I've certainly, when my son was at a younger age, we came as a family a few times. Loved it. He loved it. And you donate money, and of course, it helps the firefighters burn fund. But you know, for for the Stanley Park train to be in disrepair, there almost seems to be an institutional desire to let it fade away, to let it, uh, to to not take care of it as as as, as we should have, because it's an older an older uh, trains. Uh, but other areas do preserve, protect, and maintain the similar trains of that. Sort. I'm not saying it's the ABC commissioners. This is something you've inherited. It seems to me there's been a culture in the past of people saying, you know what, we're going to make parks and keep them parks. We're not going to commercialize. Do you think there's a part, partially you're fighting, um, fighting a past perspective and view from a different administration as well that didn't want to see some of that stuff? Well, it's, it's hard to tell. We've only been on the job for two months, so I, I cannot... I cannot pretend to be an expert on what's going on uh, in, uh, you know, within the, uh, the staff uh, at Park Board. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's, it's. I think COVID was very hard on on uh, on uh, the maintenance of many things. Mm-hmm. And I like to, to to think that there is an energy in the Park Board to get things back on track. Uh, we have been talking to the staff about this train, and uh, we are hope- hoping that it will be working soon. Uh, just the same as we're hoping that maintenance of our fields, sports fields, will get back on track, and we will start having a schedule that's respected in terms of creating new, new parks. We've, we've fallen behind other cities in the lower mainland, and that's not acceptable. Uh, why that happened, how it happened, I can't, I can't tell you. Uh, maybe in four years I'll be able to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I, I, w- I really want to think that um, there is a desire to make thing, things work. Well, we will be looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Good to have you on the show. Look forward You're to welcome. having you on again.